This is Reverend Kirk Lawton, minister at Ocean Lakes Family Campground, and this is our podcast. Our prayer is that this message may enrich your life as you find God especially meaningful to you. Thank you for worshiping with us. The story of the birth of Jesus is really a drama. It's not the kind of drama that you go to sleep watching, but rather it's the kind of drama that keeps you on the edge of your chair until the very last moment. Dr. Roy Angel has called this the divinely directed drama. Just as with the play Hamlet, this drama begins on a very dreary and bleak note. The first scene in this drama might be entitled, No Room in the Inn. The setting is in Bethlehem. Many, many people are tired at the close of day because they've been traveling over hard and dangerous roads for many days. Why all this travel? It's because they've been ordered to come and enroll for taxation, which was to follow later. If you wanted to make a lot of money, you should own and operate a hotel or an inn in those days of taxation. Of course, in the off-season, it was about as slow as things could get. But rooms were at a premium now because everyone was trying to get a room. It seems to be a very popular practice for ministers at Christmas time to square away at the innkeeper who had no room for Joseph and Mary. I remember so well how disgusted I was at this man when my Sunday school teachers told me that Joseph and Mary had no room in which to stay. Just think of all those people who were sleeping in the nice, warm, comfortable beds. Well, if you remember a few Sundays ago, I preached a sermon on in defense of an innkeeper. Before we're too harsh with this innkeeper, we might well ask ourselves the question, have I made room in my life, in my home, for Jesus? Do I let Jesus have a chance in my life? Dr. John L. Hill once told of going to the Met, a great uh, area where people gather, a great theater, During his student days, he was attending a big two-week evangelistic crusade, somewhat like the Billy Graham crusades have been in past years in our nation and worldwide, really. Had big choirs, uh, huge attendances, and so forth. Well, on the last night of this crusade, a Christian banker was presiding. And after the message, the banker said, Our program is over, but I do not dare close this meeting without presenting to you a very famous man who's sitting here with us. Then he turned and he said, Gypsy Smith, come over here and say whatever you want to say to this crowd. Well, Gypsy Smith was a famous evangelist back in many days gone by, sort of like Billy Graham has been in our day. And instead of speaking, Gypsy Smith stood up stretched out his arms and began singing the refrain, Where he leads me, I will follow. Where he leads me, I'll follow. I'll go with him, with him, all the way. And then he asked that huge congregation to join in the chorus with him, and together they lifted the roof off off that old opera house with that wonderful hymn. And then Gypsy Smith stopped the singing and said, when we can give to Christ the privilege of leading our lives every day, when we can bring him into our plans, our life will be beautiful. So the question we have to face today is, does God have a chance in my life? 
do I consult him about my plans? Do you take matters, your problems, other decisions to God in prayer, ask him to guide you? First stage of this drama, first scene, no room in the inn. But scene two of this great drama is entitled Good Tidings of Great Joy. And that's just the opposite of scene one. It was black, but this is white. The setting for this scene is not in Bethlehem, but rather at some indefinite place, a pasture somewhere in the same country. The speaker in this scene is an angel, a messenger from God. There could not be a greater contrast <coughs> than we have in these two scenes. While all the darkness and despair was there, God broke through with his good news. In their plays, the Greeks used to have a way of making something happen on stage that was going to change the whole course of a play. When things were at their very worst, it seemed that the villain would win and the hero would be lost. The Greeks would lower a device from the ceiling, which they called Deus Ex Machina, or God on a Machine. And when this mechanical device was lowered down to the stage, then all of that started happening in the play began to be different. In the midst of a bad situation, good things would start happening. This is exactly what happened that the, as the angel was talking about it. He was saying that the people everywhere, not just the shepherds, but everywhere had reason for rejoicing. Oh, certainly there was still trouble in the world, yes. Herod was still on his evil throne. But now the time had come when God had spoken. This is really the greatest kind of joy you can have because it's not based on just what's happening at the moment. When things are bad for the non-Christian, that person might well lose heart. But for the Christian, we know that the sun is always shining, even though it shines sometimes behind dark clouds that obscure it temporarily. Yes, that angel said, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. And these tidings did reach to all people. It sounded in the hearts of men many miles away, the Magi, which brings us to the final scene in this drama. That's the action of the wise men. <clears throat> the setting for this scene is far, far away, many miles away in the east, the Bible tells us. Exactly where the wise men came from uh, is not clearly known. It may have come from Babylon, some suggested. In the old language of the Medes, the word mag, M-A-G, meant priest. One of these tribes of the Medes was the tribe called the Magi. Matthew's words for the wise men in Matthew 2.1 is Magi. Some say Magi. <clears throat> At first, this title was one of respect because it dealt with those who were learned in the natural sciences and medicine. But later, this word sort of lost its noble meaning, and it grew to mean any person who was well learned in the supernatural arts of any kind. And then the word degenerated even further to come to mean only those who dealt in the black arts. Today we have a word which had its origin in that word magi, it is our word magic or magician. 
These men who followed the star were obviously sincere men, although uh, we called them seekers after the truth. They had no idea that they were playing a part in God's great drama. They were not trying to do anything spectacular. Little did they know that hundreds of years later, they would be the subject of artists' paintings, scenes at Christmas time, or pictures on Christmas cards, Christmas carols. The important thing about these men was that when the knowledge of Christ came to them, they acted upon that knowledge. Consequently, their lives have influenced millions of others. In a church in New York City, one Sunday morning, there walked a young man who had been out walking the streets all day long, all night long, actually. He was dirty. His hair was uncombed. He really didn't care much about what happened to him or how he looked. He had lost contact with life, with God, with the world. In his despair, he decided he would go and listen to one more sermon. He knew at least that it couldn't do him any harm. Whether it did any good or not, he didn't care. And when the pastor said, let's bow our heads now in prayer, this young man did not bow his head. In fact, he looked all around, looking at all the other people in the congregation. Finally, his eyes fell on one particular person who was his old science teacher in school, which he attended. That teacher had bowed his head reverently, and this young boy saw that his teacher's face was quiet and restful. From that point on, the boy never heard a word the preacher said in his sermon. And later, that young man testified, if that great man of science believes in God and knows that there is a God and believes in prayer and has peace written all over him, then it must be true. Years later, as this boy who then became in later years a medical missionary was home on furlough one time and he went to see his old professors at his home. He told them this story. And then for the first time in his life, that professor knew of the great part he had played in this missionary's life. And so the great drama has a happy ending. God's drama always ends on a happy note because God is the one who writes it and he ends it the way he wants to. And God wants to participate in this victory in your life if you'll let him do it. Charles Kingsley wrote the story of the littlest angel you remember how Kingsley wrote this. The littlest angel was out of place in heaven. His halo was always awry. He was forever late and entirely too noisy. He was always blundering. When God wanted to give a gift to his son on earth, he asked everybody in heaven to bring their choicest offering. Let him make a selection. Well, the littlest angel tried to write a poem, but he failed. Then he tried to write a song, but he couldn't do that either. So he finally decided with some tears and distress that he would bring the only thing he had, which was a little box of keepsakes he had brought from the earth to heaven. And when he placed it down beside the other majestic presents the other angels had brought, his gift looked very small and ridiculous. But when God reached his hand for that, it suddenly glowed like burnished gold and quickly was transformed into a sparkling, scintillating gem. This example of the wise men in bringing their precious gifts and laying them at the feet of Jesus 
has inspired us through the centuries to give God the best that we have. And God needs our individual personalities, our talents, our possessions, our time. And when we lay these at his feet, they too are transformed, even as the littlest angel's gifts, into something that will make the world finer and better. During these remaining days before Christmas, will you let God direct the drama of your life as he did that great drama so many years ago? Oh God, take our life. May we use it in your glory for your sake and in your way. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.